welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Their hair and body baby wash is made with gentle moisturizing ingredients. And the today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milky's Softies nursing pads are three pairs of soft, absorbent, and reusable nursing pads to protect against leaks. And we will hear more from our sponsors later. But these sponsors make this podcast possible. So if you need anything, head over to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and our sponsor page and see if you can give any of them your business. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And uh, now Diane has our review of the week. And it comes from an email from Susie. And um, this was, not well, not that long ago, but I was kind of debating between two different reviews today. So if you want to hear the one I was almost picked... It'll be in the next episode, so stay tuned. <laughs> but this one I picked, obviously, you're going to understand when I um, when I read it. I love your podcast so much. My baby is now 15 weeks. I wish I discovered you guys earlier to make me feel so assured. You make me feel so reassured. I've been battling in-laws telling me to give my baby formula at night to put her to sleep, and it's been so exhausting dealing with them. I've stayed strong about my decision to exclusively breastfeed, but it's been so exhausting. Listening to you guys has just been such a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much. Here's my badass breastfeeding baby, and she sent a picture, this gorgeous little picture of her baby. And I chose, of course, when I answered her, I was, I'm sure you could all imagine what my response was, but really what the bottom line is like, you know, people are trying to be helpful and they're sometimes not, but yeah, they have have bad info. Yeah. They have bad info. You do have to do what's right for you and your baby. And that is really the bottom line. Like you don't have to answer to anybody when it comes to your baby, but for some reason we feel like we need to, right. And it does become exhausting to just kind of all always be like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with these people. Sometimes we even avoid having to talk to certain people or having to see certain people because uh-huh. we don't want to deal with that. Yep. And I mean, we all like have been there and it becomes so much more like tenfold when you have kids, you know, it just yeah, becomes people, so bad. Like, people saunter around like they're in charge. And like when somebody comes up to you and is like, you should do this. Like your first reaction is like, Oh my God, wait, should I? Wait, you know, you're like, wait, this person's talking to me with such authority. Like, wait a minute. Do they, you know, you're like, just takes you back for a second. And, you know, you get to be like, just remind yourself like, oh no, this person has nothing to do with my parenting. Absolutely nothing. And I think, you know, do you know that show, The Bachelor? Yeah. Okay. So I watched that show. Oh my God. It's terrible. (laughs) Like, I just can't, I like cannot get enough of it. It's terrible. Um. But so I don't like drink anymore. But um, Josh, we always make jokes that you can make a uh, drinking game out of every time they say journey (laughs) because they're always like, I'm this journey. Have you ever seen it? I have not. Okay. I have not. So if anybody has seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they always just say journey, this journey all the time. And we're like, if this is a drinking game, um, you could play that with this with this show. And I think that parents, like, we should start playing a drinking game every time that we hear somebody give us advice. I mean, we, we'd all be dead. <laughs> we'd but, be going through life <laughs> drunk all the time. <laughs> but you could. Like, you could play a drinking game with people giving advice. Oh, my God. It's terrible. And I it mean, really start, never ends. 
really start paying attention to it. Start listening to like, just start paying more attention to it. Cause sometimes, you know, you're, you're not paying attention or you're not counting or you're just like annoyed, but like not just like have a journal and like, you know, write it down or whatever. And, uh, Send it to us and I'll put it on social media. It'll we, be should funny. A, we should do it. We should do it. You know how we always do our myth shows. We should do an advice show. Yes, we should. Like really bad advice that you've been given. And yeah. I almost feel like well, it's, it's it, all like, it is a, that's a myth episode. That's true. That's a myth sh- episode. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We just name it something all different. Things, things, yeah, we could name it something different. <laughs> but it's so like people want to try to like outdo the person before them you know right. like if you say oh my my pediatrician told me not to give formula at night they say oh but this is why you should like you want to they try to outdo what the person before them said so then you end up like super confused with all this conflicting information and really one of the reasons why i i did want to do this today was because i feel like the whole make your baby sleep Give your baby stuff to make them sleep. Do sleep training with your baby. Like, I feel like that has stuff to do with spoiling babies because people are like, don't let your baby take advantage of you. Yeah, right, right. They're don't awake during the night. What is yeah. wrong with them? How dare that baby be awake during the night? Don't st- <laughs> don't stand for that. No, and you're le- you're spoiling them by letting them do that. Right. And I kind of feel like that is... It's very true. Yeah. I had this, and that's obviously what we're talking about today is spoiled babies. Um, because it comes up all the time, right? Like yes. they're spoiled. And we talk about this like in relation to other things, but we don't often talk about just this as its own thing. Right. Right. But it is a thing. I was just finishing my coffee. So it's sorry about that. It's a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We record in the mornings. So yeah, we are, we have coffee. Oh my God. And like weird brains. Ugh. Yeah, but that's what makes us so entertaining, right? Well, according to somebody's review one time, we're somewhat entertaining. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> remember that it's somewhat entertaining. We're somewhat like, entertaining. I don't know. I get. I like. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have two two little stories that I feel like kind of go along with spoiling babies. I, I can go in, kind of into it. One of them was from yesterday. Uh, so, I had this gift card from last year's Mother's Day. That's how oh, long wow. I've been holding. I know for a spa. Oh my god! Right, how can you? Oh, well, that's hard to schedule. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and I did try to schedule it at one point, and then we got snowed out, and it was just like this whole thing. So, I finally got to go yesterday, and um, I got a massage. This is how completely different these two experiences were. I got a massage, and my massage therapist, you know, beforehand, she was like, "Okay, you know, what do you do for a living?" Like, she's chit chatting with me. She was so cute. And I told her I'm a lactation consultant. She's like, oh my God, I have five kids and I'm pregnant right now, like 16 weeks and my oh. two-year-old's still breastfeeding. And she's like going on and on, right? So it was like totally fun. And then I got a pedicure right after that. And it was this cute young girl. And she was, we were talking about like weddings, it's wedding season and how busy they're getting because of the, you know, wedding season and vacations and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, you know, and I just, I'm in this wedding coming up, but you know, I've got this a six month old and you know, it's kind of hard when you're in a wedding, you gotta, you don't want to leave your baby. And we're just, you know, talking about that stuff. And I did not tell her what I do. I did not at all. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, or maybe she said, I have a baby now. So, blah, blah. and I said, oh, how old's your baby? She said six months. Those were, you know, we're trying to do the sleep training now, which, yeah. you know, is hard. And I was like, yeah, that's hard. And she goes, you know, and it's really, you know, it's, it's hard to hear her cry. We're doing a mix between, um, I can't remember what she called it, but it was leaving your baby to cry. And she called it something. It wasn't cry it out. It was something mm. else. 
I think they've probably changed the name because they changed the name now. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to rebrand. <laughs> I know. They're rebranding. <laughs> so she said that. And then she said we were doing a mix between that and like, I think kind of re- being responsive a little bit. She's like, it's really hard to hear her cry, but she's starting to get it. And I'm like, she's fucking, she's six months. She's not starting to get it. She's, she's not starting, starting to, to get it. Right. She's starting, starting to, to give up. up. Exactly. She is. So I was just like, you know, I didn't really comment on that and just kind of like let it go or whatever. But I'm sure she, this girl's, I mean, she's young. She's probably going off by whatever it is that she, you know, like is reading or what you should do at this age. And it's like, I kind of feel like, you know, if you are still catering to your baby at that age, you are considered spoiling them at six months. That's totally. definitely like the, the cutoff of like, oh, now your baby's onto you. Like they know what you're doing yeah, and you're spoiling them. Know. Like it's just crazy. So that was story one. And then Friday I was talking to this mom on the phone. I was at the pediatric office. I was talking to this mom on the phone. The baby hasn't been gaining well. It's like her fourth baby or something. And the pediat- the pediatrician was like, can you please call her? So I called her and we're chatting and she's like, I think she's just lazy. This is like a four week old baby. I think she's just, she's just lazy. You know, she's just, she must've said that two or three times. And I said to, when so we hung up, we chatted for a while, but then once we hung up, I said to the psychologist was sitting there and I was like, I didn't want to get into this mom on the phone, I said, but I just don't even know what to say when people tell me their baby is lazy. <laughs> and she just kind of looked at me, she goes, do people even understand the cognitive effort you have to have to be lazy? Like yeah. babies don't have that. Yeah, right. And I'm like, I know. She's like, it really takes a lot of effort to be lazy. And it's just, I, I don't know, like people just don't understand that babies are babies and there's no manipulation involved you can't spoil them and that still is is such a thing where people say don't pick them up too much don't hold them too much don't let them wait don't respond to them during the night don't you know they don't need to still be fed you know they shouldn't need this at this age they shouldn't need that at that age it's like but how did they tell you that right they say i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm hungry during the night but it just, you know, it's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Like they're not saying that to you. Yeah. Just, I was I, don't know, I, I was thinking about this this week instead of sleeping, is what I do. I think instead <laughs> of sleep. Does anybody do that? <laughs> I know yeah. you do. I know. <laughs> it um, happens. Yeah. That's us. Um and so I was thinking, like, okay, so I get real intricate with my thoughts in the night. So you, they're like breastfeeding and responding to babies when they cry and that kind of thing. Because we don't understand child development, right? We don't, we don't understand child development at all from at any point of no, the, we child, the child's age, but speaking more of like breastfeeding age and young age. Um, we don't understand child development. We don't understand what they're doing. And so therefore, when we see things like things that we don't normally see that are kind of outside of the mainstream, which are all things that have to do with child development, like breastfeeding and responding to your babies. We see that as like extra, mm-hmm. like it's like an extra thing. That's a good it's way like, to put it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's like it, you could take it or leave it. You know, you could like breastfeeding, you know, it's so disposable, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, well, you know, that's not working out. Just give formula. It's okay. Just, it's just seen as like, is like just an extra thing. And so then when it comes to like you doing it or doing it for a certain, you doing it at all, certainly doing it after a certain age, um, breastfeeding and responding and things like that. People are just like, well, you're just spoiling them. 
Like you're doing, you're doing all this extra stuff. Why are you doing all this extra things? And then they look at you too, like you're martyring yourself. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, why are you doing all of this extra stuff? And you're always like, oh, you know, it's so extra. Why don't you just stop doing that? Because it's not, because we don't understand that breastfeeding is actually a biological norm. Not like this extra thing that you do when you want to like, you know, lay down on the cross. <laughs> like it's not, and like responding to your baby is very, you know, the, your children, babies have very specific needs and they express those needs by crying. But we don't understand that. So we're just like, oh my God, you know, you're, you're doing all this extra. Just stop. You don't need to do all this. We really we don't understand child development. Right. And we really need to like, and I try to explain it to people and sometimes people listen and sometimes they don't, which is fine because we're not always in a place where we want to listen to somebody talk to us. But I feel like the earlier the, or the younger the baby is, the more responsive the parent is about it. I don't know why that is, but it's just like, I feel like when I, when I talk to parents, when their baby is only a couple days old and they're like, well, you know, the baby's crying or the baby's doing this or the baby hates the bassinet or the baby just wants to be held. Like, I feel like that's an easier time for me to be like, this is what they need. This is what they need. But once they get to be older, people are like, oh no, they're just, you know, you're just spoiling them. You're just, they're just manipulating you. They just are, you know, and it just becomes this thing. And it's just, it really, it almost makes me sad when Families say something that make it to make it sound like they think they're being pulled one over by their baby. And I'm like, your baby is not doing that to you. That is not what's happening. They need you for comfort, for security, for safety. They need you for these things. That's why you are on the planet as a parent. What I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> it was actually, he was walking around. I think he forgot I was in here. So he was like, I need to pee. I need to pee. <laughs> and he like opens the door and walks in because you can go through the office into the bathroom. <laughs> oh. And then he was like, oh. <laughs> and then oh shut God. the door and went the other way. <laughs> and, then, and now I can see I have a direct line of sight. to his cute little cheeks going to the bathroom. Sorry. Oh, my God. Can see. It's just recorded. Okay. He's like, uh huh. What are you talking whatever. about me for? I know, he's probably like, whatever. <laughs> Show my cheeks out there. Okay. Care. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Life um, is alive and well over there. It is. Yeah. And uh, you know, they. I. I've continued to respond to my children, and they don't seem spoiled to me. No. You know, I mean, this, yeah. Yeah. This is the other thing that we don't. People refuse. People not refuse. People just don't know. That um, I think like we're, we grow up without there's so many people because because the norm of parenting here is like, right, not responding. Right. So that you grow up and like this really affects how we all interact with each other, whether we want to believe it or not. Um, but, you know, we see all of this like we see people manipulating each other, you know, to get their needs met and all this stuff. So we think that babies are doing this, too. And, you know, you have to teach them independence early. You have to, you know, don't let them manipulate, man, manipulate you and all of that. Um, but what people fail to realize is that the more that you respond to their needs, the more that you foster that dependence on you early on, 
the greater independence they'll have later. Mm -hmm. The more emotional security that they will have later. Exactly. And the more emotional health they'll have later. You know, we, we don't, we just don't understand that like responding to a baby crying is just as much of biological norm as breastfeeding is or as birthing is. These are all things that go together. Why? I mean, you know, when we say, okay, a baby, you know, you're spoiling your baby. Like, why is that even a bad thing? You know, like, why is that even, I'm, I was just thinking about that. Like, why is that even labeled as, as a, as a negative thing? Like, don't we want, I mean, we give birth to these children. Like, don't we want to give them the world? Don't we want to give them whatever will make them happy? Don't we want to make sure they have access and availability to as much as they possibly can have in their life? So why is it bad? I know. You know I don't know. I don't understand. And I was just like thinking that. I'm like, I I mean, my kids are, you know, obviously they're a little older. They're 19 and 21. It's like, I will still bend over backwards to make sure they have whatever it is that they need. Does that mean that they're spoiled? If it, If so, then okay, whatever. But if you put that out into the into the universe, that's a negative thing, I guess. But yeah. I don't understand why. I remember, I know I've told this story before when I saw Dr. Jay Gordon. He's like a pediatrician who's kind of known for his like breastfeeding support. I saw him talk and I and I've said it before on the on our cavity episodes. Oh yeah. Where he said um we would be a dead branch on the evolutionary tree if human milk rotted human teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great yeah. statement. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. Um, but he also said, he had another quote. He said, um, we were talking, I don't know. So it was like, he was like taking questions from the audience. And he said something like, you can spoil a child. You could spoil a three-year-old by giving them a cookie every time they cry. But you cannot spoil a baby by breastfeeding. Or I don't know what the rest was. I don't have that one down as much as the other one. But like, you know, it's not... (laughs) Spoiling is not responding to their needs. Exactly. Spoiling is like, that's the extra thing. That's the like, oh my God, you're crying. I can't handle it. Let me just give you everything that you want instead of creating, you know, boundaries or whatever. And then, and then they don't understand. Then they don't have boundaries and that's, you know, bad. But yeah, you can't, you cannot spoil a baby. No, you can't. You can't. It's impossible. And we need to take a break, don't we? Yes. And then I have another good story after that. Okay. Good. I'm just full of stories today. Full yes, of them. I know. The stories are great. <laughs> we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packed in California, USA. Their hair and body baby wash is made with gentle moisturizing ingredients, such as organic calendula and refreshing rosemary extract. Rosemary helps stimulate scalp circulation and calm cradle cap and eczema. This hair and baby hair and body baby wash is ideal for babies, children, and adults alike. All of Original Sprout's products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan, and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. They are not just for babies anymore. Check out the entire line at originalsprout.com. That's originalsprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. 
And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Leaking can be a constant struggle that some parents deal with, especially in those early months. Leaking through your shirt is not another hassle you want to be dealing with. And those disposable nursing pads add up in cost and garbage and work about as well as the time I rolled up toilet paper and stuck the wad in my bra. I really did that. It didn't work. (laughs) The Milky's Softies nursing pads are designed to keep you dry and comfortable. These pads are three layers, a natural fiber layer against your skin that wicks moisture away and is soft enough to wear even with sore nipples. Then an inner ultra absorbent layer and finally a microbe leak resistant layer on the outside. The Milky Softies nursing pad is contoured to your body so that it doesn't look or feel bulky in your bra. The box comes with three pairs of these reusable and machine washable nursing pads. Check out Milky's Softies nursing pads at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use code badass for 15% off of your purchase. And today's sponsors and the promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in the episode. And also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Where I'll tell you stories. No, I won't. It won't be story time. I promise. (laughs) We'll like solve your problem. (laughs) So the other day I saw this family. I actually saw them twice this week at the pediatric office. They were really cute. First baby. Um, I think I almost made the dad cry. And in a bad way. No, you were I don't think him? so. No, I was. <laughs> you were spoiling your baby. No, I think um, either that or he's just so tired and bleary eyed that you know, oh, like, yeah. his, which could have been could have gone either way. Yeah, but we are talking about this very thing about responding to your baby and about because they're new. I mean, like this kid's like five days old. Oh my god! And they were talking about. I was like, you know, how was your night or whatever. And like a lot of new parents, they're kind of taking shifts, right? Where like, yeah. you know, so he said that he, when he had the baby from like 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. or something like that, the baby was just like, wouldn't settle in. And I said, was he just fussy the whole time? Like what was happening? And he was like, I, he was fine as long as I was marching around the house. It was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. if I was like, you know, walking, whatever, you know, he was okay. And I said, well, for one thing pretty fantastic that the baby will settle with you because a lot of times we hear parents say the baby only wants to be with mom. Mm -hmm. We hear that all the time. Yeah, I said, the fact that you are able to soothe him and comfort him is really great. Um, And I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm really glad for that for you guys. And he goes, well, you know, I'm like the diaper changer and, and I'm like, you're responding to his needs. Yeah. And that is really, really important. And when you do that, even though it looks like just a diaper change to you, that is you responding to his needs because that's what he needs right now. So there's a lot of times where parents will come to me and say, how do I get, you know, how do I get my partner? How does, how do I get my, my partner to bond better with the baby? The baby won't even go to my partner. I say, you know what? Have your partner get the baby up for every nap, go in when he's crying, get him up, change the diaper, soothe him. I go, those things are going to bond them because mm-hmm. now the partner is responding to the need the needs of the baby. And like, he just kind of like, that's when he was a little bit like, he looked like he was a little teary eyed. Cause it was like, Aww. you might think that you are doing diaper changes 
or you're just the milk machine, which we hear that all the time too. I'm just yeah. the, the one with the boobs. That's the only reason why the baby wants me. That is not what it is. You are responding to your baby's needs. And that is huge. It is not spoiling. It is not, you know, just going through the motions. It is not like, oh, you know, it is really, really important. It might not seem like a big thing to you, but it, it, it you are building an attachment and a bond with your child that is not going to go away. This is it. This is parenting. Mm-hmm. Responding to their needs. That's what we need to be doing. That's all. And it's a lot because they have a lot of needs. Yeah, they do. They're de- completely dependent on you for everything. But this is it. This is what we're doing. And this is like responding to their needs is not just like, again, it's not just spoiling. It's not. Excuse me. You can, It's not just like you can, you know, take it or leave it. Like. If this has responding to a baby's needs early, like I said, fostering that dependence early on. It shows them that somebody will be there when they have a need. It, it's how they trust. It's how they develop trust in the world. It's how they form attachment to you. And all of that leads to their relationships later in life. How mm-hmm. they attach to other people. How they are then going to respond to other people's needs. How they are going to have trust in the world. How they are going to, you know... Ha- pe- <laughs> Babies that don't have their needs met early on have emotional issues, psychological issues, substance abuse issues, you know, anxiety, depression. I mean, this is linked to all kinds of problems later in life. And it's it's so against the mainstream kind of idea of like, you know, don't spoil them. They need to learn. They need to learn to fall asleep on their own. They need to self-soothe. That is not a thing, by the way. That is just not a thing. That There's no self-soothing of a baby. And by the way, that's what that is. When you're responding to them and then they soothe, that's what it is. That's how, mm-hmm. they, that's how they soothe themselves. And that's how they learn. They don't learn it on their own. How would they do they that? Learn it. How would they? Exactly. They don't. They learn to give up. They like babies that cry themselves to sleep are not falling asleep. They're giving up. They just get tired. They realize no one's coming and they just fall asleep. It's not like a good thing. It's not like, oh, yeah, it worked. No, it didn't. She's getting it. She's starting to get it now. This is what people and then people worry about like, oh, can I have a glass of wine? Can I do this? Can I do that? And like, you know. All the while, they're like doing cry it out. It's like cry it out is the damaging thing. We don't worry about we all this other stuff is seen as so damaging, but it's not. It's not. It's like re- not responding to their needs is what's damaging to them. I mean, if you and you think about it like as adults, and I know it's really hard for us to put ourselves in a baby's position because we are just so far removed from what an infant needs and what they are. Like you said, we have no concept of of development or anything about babies. But as an adult, if your needs are not being met in a relationship, what do you do? You check out of that relationship. Yep. I mean, that was my first marriage. My needs weren't being met. Three kids or no three kids. We were done. I'm out of there. Like, and that's not just with partners, friends, family members. You know, we hear this all the time, you know, relationships with 
doctors and whatever. If your needs are not being met in a relationship, you check out. You do not build an attachment with that person or the attachment that you've built with them does not strengthen. It is not much different here. You're building a relationship with your baby. Just because they pop out of you doesn't mean that relationship is automatically there. Like we need to build it with them. We need to foster it. We need to encourage it. And the more we do that, the better that relationship is, just like with any other relationship in your life. And for some reason, we just think, oh, with their babies, they don't need any of that. They don't need any of that. Why would they need that? Like, it's just kind of really mind-blowing, almost. It's like we're going backwards when they're infants. Just totally backwards. Yeah. And I mean, it's that, remember, I think it was the interview with uh, Rebecca Meeky when we were talking about, like, where did all, where did this, like, distance parenting come from? And she was talking about, like, the, like, late 1800s and, like, the, the, like, you know, this whole babies were, were seen as, like, you know, they... You should, you know, they should be left alone and they, you shouldn't respond to them. And we'd give them our germs, then they'd get sick. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that it? Right, right. You do, you wanted, they didn't want to, yeah, they had to be left alone. They had to be like isolated. And I mean, like, and then those people grew up to be parents and partners that were surely emotionally unavailable. And we don't think that this really matters. But it it does. it does everything that every time you respond to your baby, it matters, and you latch them on. I mean, we talked about even you know, um, I think it was in one of the breast the breast sleeping uh, episode where we um, talked about the latching. What happens when a baby latches on as they're falling asleep? That imprinting, yeah, when they're like you know, it's where they are developing attachments, where they learn attachment. Yeah, like literally, it's like happening in their brains. There is like brain chemicals swirling around their brains and bodies and they're this is what it's what they're learning did you ever see the movie babies i don't think so it was a documentary um if anybody has not seen you and a lot of people probably here have not seen it it's kind of old i used to play it for um when i worked for the one of the pregnancy programs here i used to play it for my class and it is really like Anybody out there, I'm going to see if I can dig it out and, and link it. I'm sure it's like on like Netflix or something. It is fascinating because they follow, and it's totally a documentary. They follow four, four families, or like four families, I guess you could say families. One oh, from the I United like, States, yeah. one in Africa, one in Malaysia, and one in Japan. And from birth to throughout the first year. And it is fascinating to watch the development of these babies based on how they are treated by these families. Not, and there's no abuse happening at all. It's nothing like that, but it's like how disconnected the parents are or how connected they are. And you can Mm. see the difference in those kids. And it really, and the, the babies that did best that were more, um, they were just more like social. They were walking earlier. They were doing more things. They were more connected to their community was the African babies because they, they were on their parents all the time. Like mm-hmm. they were just, they, you could see that they were just connected to their mom all the time. They were baby wearing all the time. They were in communities of people together. 
Yeah. And I used to always say to, to the, my parents, you know, that I was in my class, I'm like, which babies are walking sooner? Which babies are, you know, doing better? And they're like, yeah, the African babies. I'm like, right, because they're totally, they're baby wearing, they're connected, they're breastfeeding on demand. They were doing all those things. I think it was the Malaysia baby was like, just kind of left on a bed by herself for a while. And we we're like, where oh. is their family? And she was like tied to something, you know, like oh. it was just, it was crazy. <laughs> the The Japanese family, like the, you could see the dad was like working and the kid was like off in the corner, like sitting on a carpet, just playing. And he was trying to work at a desk and, you know, mm. like she's by herself having a total meltdown. And like, it really was fascinating to see it play out like that. And it's just, though, babies just do better when they're in their community with their, pe- with their people. Like, just like the rest of us. I mean, this is what humans are. Humans are social creatures that need, have needs. And, you know, we've talked about this also. I think it was in that same breast sleeping episode that human babies are of the least developed uh, upon being born. You know, we have, you know, horses plop onto the ground and get up and walk away. They, you know, (laughs) babies, human babies come out and are, have come out sooner than 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 human babies throughout the past as we were you know as we were more um on all fours mm-hmm. and as we became more erect the birth canal became smaller and the babies needed to be born sooner in order to fit out so now babies are born so completely immature and they need they're more needy than any other mammal Mm-hmm. Brain development and, is just not there. Right. And this is why they call that tri they call it the fourth trimester. Because that baby really should still be like attached to you. And this is where we get into this the difference here, because in our country and in our time right now, we are left completely alone. Mm-hmm. But humans are not designed to live like this because babies are so young and immature when they're born and underdeveloped or least developed. Um, they're, we, we have we are n- supposed to be living in this, you know, village type setting like we have, like you saw with that African family mm-hmm. where there's other people around helping. But here we have these extremely immature babies and then we are in our houses by ourselves. So you it seems so hard to be responding to your baby's every single need. And because it is, because it's a setup. You've been set up. We've all been set up to do all of this on our own, which is not it's not what we were meant to do. No. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I see it every day. That's kind of what I was kind of paused for a second there because like I was thinking a lot about this recently. I saw a family of twins and, you know, the mom is like trying to make everything work and she's by herself, you know, her partner went back to work and, you know, occasionally she'll have somebody that can come in and help, but, you know, her mom still works. So it's not like she's really got this huge, you know, outlet of people that can come in and out and help her. So she's trying to like feed these babies at the same time and it's not really working well and, you know, trying to perfect the latch, but there's no one there to help her. So it's like who holds one baby while she does, you know, takes care of another baby and how does she make it all work? And it's like, we're trying to take on the role of a million people. Like this is a societal issue, but it comes down to, you know, what's going to suffer 
those babies are going to end up being bottle fed because that is what is going to be. I mean, she's doing amazing. I shouldn't like say that, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, this is how a lot of babies end up being bottle fed because we don't have the ability to do all the things and we need more support as a society. And it's just not there. It's just not. And on top of it, then we say, don't bed share. Don't, don't bed share. share. It's not safe. Don't go back you know, to work. Yeah, um, to, you know, yeah. it's just it's, it's really impossible. bad. It, it is. It's impossible. And then you do try to give your baby some attention. People, are like, oh, you're spoiling them. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> you cannot win. At no, all. you can't win at all. Just know that responding to your child is biologically normal. It is not spoiling them. It is actually necessary for brain development. And their development into, you know, a human, toddler, child, adolescent, adult. You're doing the work now. And you'll, it'll get paid off later as we have these wonderful, healthy people going into the world. It really, it's easier. You know, it's like, just like anything else, That's, you put yeah. the work in now. <laughs> it's like when your kids go into school or when your kid, you know, maybe you're, you won't send your kid off to school. Maybe you'll homeschool. But whatever you do as your child gets bigger, they will adapt to a little bit easier, you know, like because they know that they are very secure in in who they are because of their attachment with their parent that developed very, very, very early. And it just, you can't, can't beat that. Like that's what you want for your kids. Yeah. Isn't that what we want? Yeah. I mean, I wish I had it, honestly. I know. But like I said, you can't go back. No. We can with a lot of therapy. But there are so many. (laughs) Yeah. And there are so many people, including you all, that are doing the work and making it different for your children than it was for you. I mean, so bottom line, like spoiling your babies. That's not a thing. No, you can't. There's there's no way of doing it. Somebody says that to you. It's like, that's not a thing. Get on my face. And, you know, try to keep in mind. Well, you don't have to. You can really tell people off if you want to, but try to keep in mind. Sometimes some of this is coming from generations where this is how they thought was appropriate totally. to raise their yeah. kids. Yeah, and then you have to look at the whole picture of that and be like, okay, how well off are those families now? You know how right. how are their relationships? People tell me that all the time. Like they'll be like, oh, I breast, I wasn't breastfed, and I'm fine. I wasn't breastfed. I'm perfectly healthy. I haven't had any health issues. Uh, I remember I said to one person, I go, how's your relationship with your mother? And she was like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. She was like, oh, I didn't realize that it actually <laughs> like incorporated all of that. Like, yeah, I, I was, my mom says that my mom is, my mom breastfed me for three months. And then the doctor said, okay, now you switch to formula. Yeah. At three months. I don't know. He just made it up, obviously. <laughs> obviously. And <laughs> she goes, and you were so hard to wean. You just would. You just did not want to do that. I'm like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> like, do you hear yourself? You're talking about a three month old baby, and like, you know how difficult this baby was to to wean. Didn't you listen to, to take, the doctor to when he told away, you? Could yeah, not to take away anymore? the only thing that I had. <laughs> oh my god! It's just so funny. It's like, oh my god. Okay. So don't but don't worry, you know, therapists everywhere. You got my business forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping mental health alive. Keeping it alive and well. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I told you about that friend of mine that, you know, she doesn't have any kids. And 
she's I mean she's young um but she's she's got like horrible gut issues like she's got mm. all these gut issues and I said to her one time I was like were you you weren't breastfed were you and she was like I don't know and she texted her mom and she goes was I breastfed and her mother goes that's a personal question oh yeah <laughs> oh my god wait I know <laughs> personal to who? I know I'm like what um and it turned out it was like a month she goes we did it for she goes I did it for a month well we did it for a month you and I did it for a month and that was it she said and I was like okay <laughs> I was like, it was so uncomfortable for her mother to even talk about. Right. Like, which is to uh, the person she was breastfeeding. Right. To her own child. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, it, it really, so like, if, if you really, like, that cracked me up. I was like, what? I go, you're the, it's personal. I go, you're the person. What are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. But it really, it's just, people do not realize how much is involved in this process. Yeah. It is not just for food. And I know everybody said, oh, it's just about food and just about the health benefits. And that's it. No, it's not. There's a lot more that, that goes on with this. Yeah. I mean, that is like a, that is like a, that is like a piece it's of the pie. It's not even like most. No, it's not. Not at all. I mean, our, like, you know, I've seen some. There's been a lot of push right now for mental health with adolescents. And that's a big, that's a big issue, especially with the pandemic and all that stuff. There's been a lot of push with, you know, with mental health with adolescents. And I told a couple of people recently, um, one of the peds I work with and our psychologist, I'm like, if, if we encourage more of the breastfeeding from when they come in as infants, you'd probably have less of a problem as adolescents. And I'm not saying that there's zero mental health issues because of breastfeeding, but there is going to probably be less Mm -hmm. or you're going to be more connected to your child to help deal with that. Mm -hmm. You know, like it it just, yeah, that's the thing too, is being more connected to help them through the shit that's going to come up. It's Mm going to come up. It's going to. exactly, Yeah, exactly. And you'll have a relationship with them where you can help them through it. Right. I mean, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot to it, but bottom line, don't spoil your baby. You can't spoil your babies. <laughs> don't spoil your baby. Don't spoil Bye. your baby. I know. <laughs> no, you can't spoil your babies. There is no such thing. Pick them up when you want to hold them when you want to. Or when they're crying and, or when know, they need don't, it. And don't feel bad about it. Be proud. If somebody yeah. says, oh, you're spoiling your baby, be like, yeah, they're going to be freaking fantastic. You yeah. wait and see, because don't feel bad. You know, people all, well, you know, I just feel like all I do is sit there and hold the baby. Yeah. That's what you That's do. That's your job. That's, That's what your do. job. That's yep. okay. You're not supposed to do much else. Do not talk about it like it's something we need to be ashamed of. This yeah. is what you do. End of story. That's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.